0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message.
1: Dr. Rob, he's no stranger to the house. You know that. Praise the Lord. He's the, he's, he's, he's bringing the word this morning. So can you do this for me? Can you please stand up on your feet? I believe in honor. I believe the Bible's real clear about it. We honor the gift of God that God sent to us. Amen. Anybody, anybody comes in here, we know God sent them, right? The Bible said, blessed be the man or woman that comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. How many know he's here in the name of the Lord to do great things today? Bless your life. So just lift your hands to heaven and just thank the Lord. We just thank you, Father, for this morning. We thank you for Dr. Rob. We thank you for the impartation and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And we put your hands together for Dr. Rob. No.
0: Just look at the person next to you, and just tell them that that the doctor thinks they look real good this morning. I do, I really do. I do. You may be seated. Thanks so much. Well, good morning. How are you today? Thank you. Thanks so much for coming out. I know that you know all of us have lives that would kind of draw us in different directions, and we seemingly do the things that are the most important to us until we come to the place where we realize that we now have become the most important thing to us. And so today, all I want to do is I want to establish a few things with you. Because we're in this particular kind of setting, I just want to first lay out before you that the most celebrated demon in all of hell Is the one that was assigned to tell you that God wants you poor. That's that that is his job. His picture is hanging everywhere the devil goes, because if he can keep you without money, he can keep you from doing anything. America is a land of intentions. There's no other nation on the face of the earth that is a land of great intention, or let's just say great vision or great dreams. And you have everyone in America dreams, but now people have thought that because they have a dream, that that means that they have an accomplishment. One of the greatest things that I ever learned from pastoring for as long as I did, one of the greatest things I ever learned was, was that the church has a handicap. And the church and the handicap that the church has is that it is a house of belief, not a house of action. And the entire New Testament, the entire New Testament is built upon, of course, upon the Old Testament. Everything about the Old Testament was character. From the time that they were born, before they were 12, they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. I mean, if you can actually picture, there there are people that are out there right now that can actually quote to you Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy without stopping. That's just unbelievable to me. I mean, I've got guys that are, you know, they can do the book of Proverbs or other New Testament books as I can, but I don't, excuse me, I don't have people that really have that broad of an, op, uh, of an ability to be able to do that. And what that did for them was that that built a level of character inside their life. Now, when you come to the New Testament as believers, when you come to the New Testament, you come to it with the understanding of what it wants. We believe that, you know, of course, Ephesians 2, 9, it says by that for by grace, you're saved. And that's not of yourself. It's a gift, Amen. of course. It's not your works. So, But what happens is is that people will quote Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 and when they do so, what they don't really realize is that at the same time, they are telling everyone in the world that the behavior that they have is not necessarily adding up to what they believe, their behavior. And so in the church, even though the world collects, or let's just say that the hospitals of life collect sick people, the people on the outside of the hospital by and large are just as sick as the people who are in the hospital. It's only that the you know it's only like when you when you spin the roulette wheel and you, you sometimes your number comes up and you got to go in for a pit stop and 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 all of a sudden just get you know get some new tires on your on on your body on your car and just uh, some people try to get rid of tires other people you know they they try to to get them but you, you just go into a pit stop and you and you want to change well the church is the same way. Is that what happens is, is that when people come to the church, they believe that they're walking into a, a hall of great character and that they're going to meet the finest people in town when they come to church. But no, what you have is you got the guy who might have robbed your house yesterday. <laughs> he said, you're thinking, man, I remember. Have I ever met you before? <laughs> well, only by gunpoint, only by gunpoint. But see, that, that's, but that's exactly what's in the church. Yes. So when you come to the church, you don't come to the church to meet the best people in town. You come to the church the same way as when people drive by the hospital. You know, and so because of all of that, just keep in mind that the house of God is must, must be a house of action. It must be a house of beliefs and behavior. Yes. And so as we come to our portion, and in, since we're having a, we'll just call it a, a business meeting this morning, the thing you need to know is that you are the most needed people of the church. The church doesn't need anyone. Now, now the church wants, but the church doesn't need. The church needs you. The church wants people. So, the thing that has to happen for you is for you to be able to to make the greatest amount of finances that you can ever make. Because believe me when I tell you that if you don't have any money, you can't do a thing. That's right. That's right. And it doesn't really matter. Somebody says, oh, well, you know, hey, at least just pray for me. No, I need money. I don't need prayer. I pray. Yeah. I need for you to know how to make money, not for you to know how to pray with me. Yeah. Now, you need to pray. But you have a higher calling than that. That higher calling is to pay the bills for this joint because all of a sudden what I discovered in pastoring was this don't believe that anyone is ever going to come to your aid and help you do anything because they're not they have a choice they can go to the church over there that's not building a building And then, oh, all of a sudden, the Lord's going to lead them back once you get your building built. Oh, you think I don't know. I know. Bishop, what up? Uh That's what I'm talking about. Man, he said, oh, the Lord told me. Yeah, the Lord, nothing. It might be be the Lord that you know, but it ain't the Lord that you think you're talking about. That's for sure. And so so the thing that, that you need to realize is that you are precious to the church. When you come, and that that was the whole reason, I mean, many of you know this, but that was the whole reason why the James said, go to now. That when you come together to sit in the church, how in the world can you treat a guy that just has absolutely nothing the same way as the guy that has everything? Well, let me just explain something to you. How many of you have Children. You got children? Okay. And and so, okay, with with all that, with having with having your children, how many of you treat your children exactly the same? Nobody. See, now we wanna say we do, but no 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 you don't. Now, who do you love more than any one of your other children? And then I'll tell you about your dysfunction. But they <laughs> But who who do you love more than any one of your, your children? The one who loves you. Who's the one that gets the most attention? The one that gives you the most attention. Now let's talk about the broken circuit of that. The broken circuit to every mother is that they only gravitate to the child who needs them. He needs me. She needs me. And that's what happens because she wants to actually cover the weaknesses of that child and to keep God from being able to discipline that child. And every husband tries to tell his wife, stay away from that because it's not going to be good. Right. It's because I, in the church, I could get rid of all the demons that you want me to get rid of. The only problem is I might get you shot first cuz you're standing in front of the demon. Get away from in front of the demon. Don't 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 do that. Don't do it. So now, so here's the thing you need to understand is that when I began looking at this when I began looking at this there were only about oh let's just say 2 million we'll just say 2 million, this was about four years ago when I started looking at. There were 2 million millionaires in the, in the world four years ago. Today, there are 27 million millionaires in four years. Now, the billionaires went from 200 billionaires to right now, What Julian, what was that number? 20, 27,000, 2700, seven hundred? I'm sorry, 2700 went from 200 to 2700 billionaires in four years. The people are out there making money. Now, what you need to know about all of that is this, is that money is easy to make. It's very simple to make. The problem that you have with money is, is that you haven't made money your friend yet. Because God said he doesn't want you to love it he never said he didn't want you to have it he doesn't want you to love money more than you love him now why is that true because there are only two gods in the world Jesus said you cannot serve what God and that's right because there are two gods that's all there is now the Hindus think that there's, you know, 33,000. I mean, but, the, but, the, but that's okay. That's okay because they need to clean the garbage off the street. So you don't need to be concerned about that. Until you See, until you can get your life in order, you're still not going to make any money. Right. Or you're going to make money and somebody else is going to get it. And so I want to encourage you about all of that today. But with, with all of that, know this. Genesis 8:22 is a verse that as long as the earth remains that means it's going on right now as long as the earth remains there will be seed time and harvest now we we know men's and women's relationships people get married the the guy the guy has the seed the woman has the egg the the, the seed is planted in you know In the in the where the egg is, I guess. And then I I just don't want to do that. I'm I'm not doing my OnlyFans right now. They the some of you will catch it later on. They and then if I and then if and if you do and you smile like that, I'm gonna go. I've only tried to get on OnlyFans once. OnlyFans took me so long to get to it was the only one that I ever had a chance to be able to say no to. The other ones happened kinda quick. But knowing this, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night, will never cease. I know if I wake up in the morning and it's still night, then I'm telling you what, something's happening. I know that already. You can see the signs of the times. So what do we do in making money in this world that we live in? We realize that we are the most important portion of the church at large. Every church, every church must have a, a number of individuals, men and women alike, that actually feel a call to be able to finance the church. What am I going to do here? Because what happens to a minister, and you may not know this, but what happens to a minister is, is that all of a sudden, when you start thinking, you know, we need to do bathrooms. Now, you're either going to be led to another church or somebody's got to pay for those bathrooms. That's right. Somebody's got to pay for them. Now, Many individuals at the moment that something needs to be paid for, they'll run. But for you, as a giver, you run toward the problem. You don't run away from it. You don't you don't have a critical bone in your body. You don't say anything disparaging about another individual. You never criticize a person's faults. Now, here's the problem. The only people that you ever criticize their faults are the people that really have less faults than you. The ones that people criticize that need to be criticized, those are the ones you want to protect. Think it through. Oh no, they're a victim that live in that that area of life. And so today, I just want to take a few moments because I wanted to establish with, with you that if anyone in the world is going to be rich, they're only rich with what already belongs to you. They're not rich with something that necessarily doesn't belong in the child of God's hands. Because remember, 1 Corinthians 3, 21 and 22 says, all things are yours. Whether things in heaven, things on earth, all things are for your sakes. They're for you. They're not for somebody else. But there's there's an issue. When Jesus taught us to pray, Jesus said, My Father, who's in heaven, your name is holy. I just want to be one with the angels that fly around the throne Crying out holy all day long. They're just, that's what they live with. Your name is holy. May your kingdom come. Well, you can't build a kingdom with no roads. And the roads of the kingdom are gold. Well, that's good enough. It used to be, it used to be back 400 years ago or or so, excuse me, that at that time, churches built massive, intricate, God-inspired buildings. And banks weren't storefronts. Now... It's the opposite. Banks are building cathedrals. And the church is in storefronts. That is not what God wants. And it's your fault. It's nobody else's fault. Now, the thing about it is is that remember the most celebrated demon in hell has been working on your life since you were born. Telling you You're not worthy. You can't get this. You'll never be enough. You didn't grow up right. You didn't have the right parenting. Nobody taught you. You grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. All of these other things. Everything that would divide you with God. So the church plays this game with people. They play the game of, let's just get people into a relationship with God. Every person in the world already has a relationship with God. They don't have fellowship with God. But they have a relationship. If this person, excuse me, if if someone is breathing, if someone's breathing, do you think it was a human that put the beat in their heart? That grew the fingers on their hands? that made, give they, gave them the ability to be able to stand up and walk or to open their mouth and talk? Which dog have you ever met that does that? No, the breath of the Almighty is what lives inside you. Now, you notice, you have to notice that. And so as the person whom God has called to understand these things and to do them, and they can be done, it is simple, as others have agreed, it is simple to make money. But how do we put it in order? I want to teach you how to live. I don't want to tell you that you should. I'll teach you how to do this, which is really one of the main problems in the church, in the church world. They have to be so politically correct, they can't talk to anybody about anything that, of any matter. And I did it for 40 years, so I honestly, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I felt the constraints. I knew the things I couldn't say. I knew the crowd that I had, and I knew the different financial disparities that they came from. So you can't talk to a person who has a pursuit of wealth in their life the same way that you talk to somebody who can only figure out how to have more than one child from one baby daddy to be able to get double the amount of money you can't talk to them the same way that you're going to talk to somebody who's going to actually change the world Jesus said it said the very same thing like this he said to you it is it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God but to those that are without they only hear in parables. They'll never get it because in hearing they don't hear and in seeing they don't see. Lest they turn when all of a sudden the kingdom of God becomes real to them. Everything about Jesus was God's kingdom. But let me give you some statistics so that I can actually not really honor what my time was because I didn't know except for I see it on the screen, but it never started. So I guess I didn't start yet. Do you guys want to start the timer? It's estimated that 3% of the population controls approximately 96% of the wealth in the entire world, 3% of people and here, here on, on my notes, I have there are 22 million millionaires. There's not. There's, there, what is there now, Julie? 56 million millionaires in four years. Went from 22 to 56 million in four years out of all of history. Because the people who weren't necessarily going to be able to break out of where their family brought them, are now breaking out. They're beginning to make money. They're beginning to produce. What do you you think, with all honesty and care, what do you think that Jesus has you here for in this earth? Why do you think that he has tarried up until this time? Revelation chapter 11, verse number 15 says, the kingdoms of this world, have now become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. We know that because we, we, it's just you know part of the hallelujah chorus, right? Isn't that how that, that one goes? And so with all of that, I have a question. How in the world are the kingdoms of this world going to become the kingdoms of our Lord if we don't own them? How can you throw at his feet corporations and countries if you don't own them? What's the difference in between a Bill Gates, a Jeff Bezos, an Elon Musk? What's the difference in between that person and you? You're more Normal. you are they're not normal what is it that causes a person to think differently we live our lives trying to teach our kids and trying to actually work with our friends we teach our lives really over that whole issue which is we just all want to be alike want to cut our hair alike want to you know want to wear the same kind of clothes and you know they're you know, I'm, I'm just going to have a, a new pair of Jordans and everyone's going to want to try to find those that new set of Jordans that I got. See, because we're all the same. But people, people that make, that want to become successful are people that know that they're not like anyone else. People that are successful more often do not have anyone that they can talk to. Because most everyone that they talk to can you imagine 56 or 50, yeah, 56 point something millionaires? You know, in four years, those are 56 million people that don't have anyone to talk to because the moment that they start talking is the moment that they're at first their family shows up. The minute you, listen, the minute that your ship comes in You don't ever have to wonder who your family is because they'll meet you at the shore. That's right. They're gonna you know, the moment your ship comes in, all you gotta do is just win the lottery and have somebody tell you, you know the you know, the then the locusts they come start coming through your home and through your life. And so let's kind of talk about this. One in thirty-seven people become millionaires. And they're like I said, they're only There are over 200 billionaires when I initially took it, look at this, and what what is it now? 2,756 billionaires in the world today, and in four years went from 22, you know, and actually from 200 to 2,700 in four years. Now remember that the gospel has two sides. The gospel has the side of the person of Jesus, And the church really spends so much time on the person of Jesus that what happens is they don't have enough time to talk about the principles of Jesus. Because the person of Jesus creates your peace. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace. Proverbs 14.30 says, So then my heart will give life to my body because Jesus is my peace. He said, don't worry about anything. He said, then the peace of God will come. Peace is what we're after. Ladies understand, that's what your husband is after, peace. After he gets a little peace when he gets home, then you and the kids can jump in. Until that time, give him about, give him an hour just so he can become part of the family again. And the other side of the gospel is the principles of Jesus, which creates your prosperity. person of Jesus creates your peace, but the principles of Jesus create your prosperity. The principles of Jesus is where the argument is. You realize that Christ had 49 commands. 49. There aren't there aren't 10 commandments. When Jesus spoke, there was already 49 commandments that he was very strong about. Love one another as I've loved you. Don't worry. Why, why take thought of your life? What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or wherewithal you're going to be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek? but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. So the principles of Jesus are what's on trial. That's what keeps people in poverty is that they don't understand the principles of Jesus. Understand this, there is no success book. There's no motivational seminar. There is no place that you can go. There's no success on, on, what is it, X or Instagram or in Facebook or anything else that they did not get every one of those things from from Jesus, every one of them. Every one of them came from there. Jesus was the one. He is the quintessential successful success teacher in the universe. Now, people don't ever want to. You know, we, we actually vilify everyone that wants you to succeed. You bring it in. Why do you think rich people don't want to go to church? Because all they hear is about the failure. Oh, and, and how what we're going to do. I remember there was a time when I, Linda and I were going to a church and it was before um, the ministry ever was there. But what they did was I was just starting to believe the word. There was a girl in our church that had a full body cast on. The leadership of the church came to me and said, don't you talk to her about being healed? We believe that God is teaching her. I mean, do you think that she do you think that she needed to learn how to smell bad? Well, God's going God's to teach her. She's going to learn something, but it's not going to be bring her closer to Jesus. If she popped up and they told me, said, Don't you do it. Don't you talk, I said. I said, "Hey, I didn't tell anybody anything." So, well, don't you talk to this girl? And what they basically did was, they said I could never talk in church. I couldn't really, and I didn't. I didn't have a problem with them telling me that, but they, I got thrown out of a church that didn't believe anything. I mean, you need to work at that. That is not something that's normal. I mean, just it's like you can stand somewhere and they'll just look at you and go, you need to go. And so rich people don't want to come to church. But that's why God wants his people to be wealthy. It's the part of the greatest part of the gospel that has not been touched. We don't want to touch it because. People start jumping everybody. Now, it's okay if what you do, and, and, and I say this without tongue in cheek. but it's okay for you to have um, films in the adult entertainment you know space. It's okay for you to do that. And what we'll say is we'll say, oh, well, she is one of the greatest, one of the greatest stars of all time, she's made the most amount of money. It's okay for her to be a, um, a, 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 paid, a paid actor for sex acts. It's okay to call her successful, but, not, but to call you that you rip off the church for its money. So rich people don't want to go to church. They don't mind meeting with pastor occasionally. Do rich people have problems? You thought you had problems? You got no problems. Rich people got problems. Rich people got problems you haven't even seen yet. They're they're so far down the road, the problems they're running into are ones that no one has an answer for, except for God. And so with that, I just have five things I want to tell you about business that will be helpful to you. Because I believe more than anything else that you are going to prosper. Every one of you are going to break through. But what I wanna encourage you about is that it's a pursuit. It's something that you have to push and push and push every day for. You can't stop. And you can't tell anybody what you're doing. Why? Because they'll talk you out of it. Everyone wants to talk other people out of suffering. But if you want to say, my dad, Peter Daniels, said this. I I said, Dad, I said, what is the definition of success? He said, suffering. The more successful you get, you get almost lied to into thinking that you can't tell people for all of the, you can't tell people about the pain that you go through. So if you're going through anything that seems to be hard, don't back off. Every storm comes to pass. So just make sure that you keep rolling. You keep, you keep going, don't you stop, ever stop. So here are, the, here are these, these things. Once you choose the, and understand that Jesus, when you walk in here, The peace comes to a person's life by beginning to accept that fellowship with God and the fellowship, you know, fellowship with your kids is the same way. The reason why they don't have fellowship with you is because they won't admit what they've been doing. The moment that they admit it, all of a sudden, all the fellowship returns. It's like, man, hey, I got my child back. How many times have you said that? Well, that's because... They repented over something, and you could sense it. But now the the fellowship is there. Now, what we need to learn is when we walk in the doors, when pastor stands up to speak, that means that I don't. That means that I don't have an opinion. That means I don't think about it, because if I believe that God called me so the church called me for Pastor Chris to be my pastor. If God called me to do that, then all I, I have another job. It's two words, very small. I shut up. Because if God told me, and, and I believe it, because a lot of people, you know, God tells them one thing, you come into church, God tells them one thing, but then tomorrow, they. I wish God even thought thought about me as much as other people say that he talks to them. Most of the time, God is not going to talk to you about anything. And I'll tell you why. Because he's only watching what you're doing. So he's not going to talk to you about it. So here's the first thing about business, no matter what. And I put these things in sixth grade terms for you so that everyone can get it especially me, okay? So the first thing is always do your best. Always, always. If you're working at a job right now, if you're working at a place, if, you're, if what you're doing is that you're actually, you're actually greeting people when they walk into Wally's world. If that's, what, if that's what you're doing, you make sure that that person, every time that they come back to Wally's, that they want to walk through your door. Because they, because they, and they'll say, hey, and they're going to bring a neighbor, and they're going to say, listen, I want, to, I want you to come with me. I want you to see what this guy does. And they get an experience, and now Walmart gets some sales all over the fact that you're doing your best. Here's the reason why. Excellence is the attention to detail, which gives rise to superior performance, You see, if you have attention to detail, few people, few people ever want to deal with detail. But truthfully, detail is the only place that makes things work. If you have a problem with, if you have a problem in your software of anything, or in your coding for writing software, if you have a problem and you can't figure out where that is, it's in your details. It's not, in, it's not in the big stuff. See, you don't ever lose at big stuff. Not one of us in this room. You got up this morning, you put your clothes on, and you came here. We don't, we don't lose in stuff like that. Where we lose is in the details. Where we lose is where people tell us that we're different than each other. You see, now, why do you think, why do you think, and, and this is awesome for me. I went 40 years and could never talk about racism. You can't because there are so many opinions in the crowd, but I want to use it in this particular sense. How do you think that you can ever succeed if we are spending your life being separated from somebody else? You can't because it is not good for man to be alone and people think he's talking about a sex partner. He's not. He's talking about multiplication and he's talking about you acting just like him. And you can't act just like him by yourself. You need somebody else. He said I'm going to create, I'm going to make a helper for him. A helper. What happens? because by yourself, you can't do anything. I was, Pastor Chris and I, we were, I, I had to have this piece done in this, this uh, watch that I had. Have, and uh, I told him, I said, you know, I can do this. I, re- I know I can do it. The problem is, is that I don't have the extra hand to hold something because I need two hands When I work on this, guess what? All God gave me was two. So anything that needs three hands, I need somebody else. I need somebody else. I need somebody else. You you need somebody else if you go to the gas station. You need somebody else if you wanna eat some eggs. You wanna go out for breakfast, you wanna take an Uber. You want to to do anything? You want to take your garbage cans out? You need somebody. There isn't anyone that doesn't need another person. So always do your best. So number one is always do your best because of excellence. Proverbs 22, 29 says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He'll stand before kings. And that did not hit me until the first royalty that I preached to. When I was actually speaking for, for a queen who sits on the largest platinum de- deposit in the entire world, she said, can you help me? I said, your highness, what would you, what would you like for me? Because now I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit iffy because I'm not understanding the protocol of the nation that I'm in at the time. And she said, please teach my people, teach them that by sitting on the ground, because they're the the wealthiest group in the entire world, by sitting on the ground, that doesn't make it come out of the ground. Christians are the same way. I got it all. Oh, if you have it all, honey, where is it all? If you got it, where is it? And I've, I've had to speak, I've, I've spoken with Julian quite a bit of, about all of this. That, look, there is no success until the cash is in the bank. We're not teenagers who spend the money that we're going to get from our first job before our first day. Come on. You know, All the things that they're going to buy, right? Just so that they can get on the credit train. Just like their parents. Five In Daniel 5.12, he said, Inasmuch as an excellent spirit is in Daniel, knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. In Daniel 6.3, it says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself Above the governors and satraps. He distinguished himself. Remember, you come together for productivity, you separate for creativity. You come together for productivity, you separate for creativity. And so Daniel actually did that. Daniel's last recorded. Uh, task that Daniel took care of happened when Daniel was 93 years of age. Daniel was still relied upon at that age in his life. Joseph. Joseph was excellent. Genesis 39 says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him and made him overseer of all of his house, that he and he put him under over the everything he had put it under Joseph's authority now here's the thing it goes on to say that Potiphar did not even know what he was going to eat he just said what he wanted to eat he didn't know about his money he didn't know about his his house or his grounds or anything else and then all of a sudden right on this same chapter the wife shows up. She shows up and she accuses, she tries to hit on Joseph, as we know, but she accuses him of raping her or attempting attempted rape. Potiphar, at that particular moment, had to have had to have Joseph killed. But he didn't. Why? Because Potiphar believed Joseph and didn't believe his wife. Because this wasn't her first run. So he didn't. He put him in jail, right? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you, What do you think? Do you think that he put him in jail because he tried to rape his wife or do you think he put him in jail because his wife kept coming under Joseph? He put him in jail to keep him away from her. Yep. Now, why why would I say it like that? Because he ended up ruling Egypt. And the world will only produce for you what you put in it. Now remember, the world is active. The world is alive. The world has feelings. The world needs to be romanced like people need to be romanced. When you go out into your garden, I mean, they're out there talking about how you talk to your flowers, right? Just be really nice. How you talk to your plants inside your house, how you do all of these different kinds of things, but but realize that whatever, whatever you put out into the world is what the world is going to give back to you. So if you're running around thinking, I'm no good, I can't do anything, I don't, you know, and I'm I'm fighting these thoughts. I'm going through all this. Guess what the guess what the world's gonna give you? He's gonna the world's gonna give you. You're no good for anything, you can't do anything, because all the world is, is a reflector of your desires. It's a reflector, and that's what Jesus said, and a man shall have what whatsoever he says, okay, it's not the story that other people say about you, it's the story that you tell yourself. What are you telling you? How are you getting through that? So remember this, with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, put inside of them and treat them in the very same way that you want them to react. Because to the loving, God shows himself loving. To the judgmental, he shows himself judgmental. And to the thieves, he he shows himself shrewd. So what you give in relationship, in business, in finances, is what's going to be given back to you. That's all. And that's where Jesus comes out and he says, now give. Give. He says, don't judge, you won't be judged. Don't condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. And what is it? What do we have in the church? Judgment, condemnation, and unforgiveness. And and, and what is it? Now now I'm going to say something about race. Is that I have never heard anybody ever face off with the race issue, because we all don't really understand what it is anymore, by the way, that we have never had anyone just come out, someone in the church world, come out and talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Try forgiveness. you think that, do you think for a moment that by you standing there saying, give give," you know, you give me my, give me my rights, you do all that, you think you're gonna do anything? No, you're not. All you're gonna do is put yourself back in where you don't wanna be. And that becomes the problem. And that's what you don't understand. So there's nothing that you can do to make something better. Now, let, let me ask you this. When God gave salvation in the Bible, did he put it in the Bible to get it from you or to get it to you? Got it to you. Okay. When God, you know, when, when God put healing in the Bible, it says he sent his word and healed them. When he put healing in the Bible, did he put healing in the Bible to get it from you or to give it to you? When he put giving in the Bible, did he actually put it in there to get money from you or to get it to you? Two, except for you need to know how to get there. Amen. You can't get there by taking, you can only get there by giving. Now that's, now that's a whole thing. So, so the first thing is, is that always do your best. Number two, play your part and let God play his. Because you can't fail without your consent and you cannot succeed without your participation. Success doesn't come because you want it. Success comes because you cry over the fact that it might not ever get there. And when you want it, it comes. Because I told you, the earth will respond to you. It will give you customers. It will give you ideas. It will give you the needs of humanity. Remember, every person is a creature of God, not just you. Every person, the homeless in Daytona Beach, walking down, you know, walking down the beach, that homeless person is as much of a creation of God as you are. They have exactly the same relationship with God as you do. The difference is is that you have fellowship with God. Yes. They don't. And you had somebody that would teach you the right principles to live by. Now, that happens in degrees, doesn't it? I, my parents were both alcoholics. I was physically abused. I was sexually abused. I was, uh, you know, I was... Emotionally abused. I was in a mental institution. I I get all of that stuff because that's what my, my family was. There was insanity in my family. There was immorality. There was witchcraft. There was whoredom. There was all these things in my family. Guess what that did to me? That made me be exactly the same. Why? Because curses or sin is generational. So is blessing. Now, you may be the first generation that's trying to make that happen, no problem. But you'll never get it by arguing with each other. You'll never get it by trying to take advantage of the people that come into your business. So you play your part. Stop living your life playing the part of someone else. No more. Nobody fails in life because they're not gifted. They only fail in life because of their bad choices. God's word, of course, uses the word if 331 times. If, if, if you, if you, if you, 331 times. Now, that's not works, but you need to perform them. You don't ever get saved by anything understand this about god we'll just use it like this we'll say that god is a man i don't think he is he is everything that's the reason why the, that's the reason why he can create he created one remember And it was God's idea. It wasn't Adam's idea to have a wife. It wasn't wasn't Adam's idea to create another human. It was God's idea. Not not Adam's. So, So here you have it. Every person only fails because of poor choices. Choices come from the environment that they live in. Choices come from the place that they grew up. We call that an environmental determinism. It's where you are, where you hang out, who you're with, really determines what's gonna happen in your life. You cannot, you cannot exceed the character level of the people that you're with. That's why you're constantly looking for somebody who actually has walked in front of you and in a better fashion than you know how to. It's not that you it's not that you can't. It's that you don't know how until you see it. You have to see it with people. Because that gives you permission to do that. Number three is, in your business life, and in life in general, you need to maintain clear focus. What is it that you believe you must maintain clear focus because shattered dreams are the result or the product of of broken focus, shattered dreams. Your dreams will be shattered over the fact that you took your eyes off the ball We've seen, probably to me, like the worst beginning of the NFL season this year out of any season that I can remember. Teams are playing absolutely horribly. Why? Broken focus. Why? Because we want to be part of the of the uh, culture. We're trying to bring wokeism to the American family, and we use... Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey in order to do so. So we make a commercial and we then show Travis getting a vaccination. We We see all of a sudden Taylor on all of these different commercials and all they're doing is attempting to get people to vote to make sure you don't have a voice. Because remember this, people that vote and, and honestly, I don't, think that, I don't think you should vote until you own something because it's not until then that you know that you can lose it. People that don't have anything to lose will vote against anything that wants to help them all the time, all the time. So you maintain clear focus. Number four is master your time. Become master of your time because all of us have 24 hours in a day, the only difference between any of us is how we invest them, how we invest them. Psalm 90, verse number 12 says, so then teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Moses said that, teach us to number our days, God. Then in Ephesians chapter five, he said, therefore be careful how you walk, verse 15 not as unwise men, but as wise, he said, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Number five, have a clear plan. Have a clear plan. Because it's a clear plan that'll bridge the gap between desire and achievement. Being clear about it. Now all of this, let's say that you own, how many of you own a business? You have employees. You have any employees? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. The number one problem that employees have is that they're unmotivated because, you know what, their paycheck is going to be the same in most cases, uh, whether or not that they're happy or sad, whether or not that they're hungover or not. You know, their paycheck is going to be the same. Now, how do I actually take my team and make something better out of my team? The way I do that, the way I do that is I begin to speak into them the very thing that I want out of them. Like we talked about. Why? Because they're part of earth. Now now remember this, when, when God spoke to Adam, when Adam was really, he was kind of like a, he was, he was just living the life of a jerk for a little while. And so God said to him, he said, you know, for you are what? You're but what? Dust, right? Dust. And he said, and and how are you going to return? To what? Dust. Uh, Wait a minute. Isn't dust the earth? You need to understand that you're an extension of it. And you need to know how to work with it, not work against it. So how do we encourage the other dust? Because the earth, the dust, is groaning and travailing right now. Until the sons of God are manifest, speaking of you. But how do we get there? We begin by never opening our mouth unless we're going to say something that is going to build someone and not tear them down. Never a word to our spouse, to our kids, anything. We never say anything unless it's going to build them. Every single day of my life, I choose to give something every day, so why? Because for our businesses, we need to learn how to be able to give. you want more money in your business? Start giving some away start having start having finances set apart for your giving instead of spending more than you even have coming in. Don't do it. Make sure, make sure that you're using what you have in order to be able to build a future. And you build a future by giving. You don't build a future by consuming. The moment that you stop giving is the moment that you've seen the end of your road. And the moment... The moment that you have nothing to look forward to, death has you in its grip. So no matter what, even if I don't know where I'm going, I'm going. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that what Abe did? He just kept going. He said, where are you going? He said, I don't know. When are you going to get there? I don't even know that either. I'll find out when I get there. What are you doing? I'm not sure. Well, but you're going to do it. Yes, I'm going to do it. Why am I going to do it? Because because honestly, unless I do this, I'm dead. What about the two lepers? The two lepers who turn, one of them says to the other one, he goes, or I guess there were three, right? Yeah. In this particular case, it just turned around and said, what? Listen, if we go, if we go back to our camp, they're gonna kill us. If we go to the enemy's camp, they're gonna kill us too. He said, but if we sit here, we're just gonna die. So let's go. And when they went, that was when God, the God portion in factor, changed everything and they walked into the enemy's camp and had all, and believe me when I tell you, finances are exactly the same way. All of a sudden, one day you're thinking, man, how am I gonna get enough to go to Starbucks? And the next day, and the next day, you're sitting on, you know, $10 million in a day. It doesn't, no, remember this, money goes where it's wanted not where it's feared, not where it's lusted after. You know, at first, at first, girls don't mind if you lust after them. But after a while, they don't want that anymore. They want to move from lust to love. So does money. But remember, money wants to be cared for. But money will never, money will always be in a number two spot. It will never be in a number one spot. God will always be in that spot. Amen. Money will always be underneath where God is at in your life. Why is it? Because the more that you put God first place, the more money is going to come to you. Amen. Now, put yourself around the right people. Put yourself around people that make more money than you if they'll have you. Because people that make money most often, they, they're not gonna tolerate people that don't. So walk inside of a room where people that make a lot of money at, walk in there and keep your mouth shut. Don't tell them you're stupid and they won't find out for 15 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's all They won't find out for at least 15 minutes. Just you know, walk in there and, and act like you belong there. Right, right. I remember Oral Roberts, Kenneth Copeland, Charles Capps, Jerry Savelle, um, Joyce Meyer, all these people in a room. And I'm I'm asked to go in this room. I walk in this room and I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing here? So I'm thinking about, maybe I should just two to the left, two to the left, two to the left. You know, maybe I need to do that deal. But then I had this thought and I said, you know, I don't think that I have anything to add to this room. I said, but let me do something. And what I did was I panned the room. I discovered what was there. I knew what was in the room. And what I chose to become was what was not in the room. And when I chose what was not in the room, that's what gave me the right to be there. When I started caring for where other people were, what other people were doing, what other ministers, you know, honestly, Bishop, you you can be be open about this. Um, do you think that people really care about the ministry or do they just care about the ministry? or do they care about the minister? They care about a person's ministry. They don't care about the minister. And the minister, each and every day, he's getting older, just like you, but nobody cares for them. I I was, man, I, I thought, oh, you know what? That's happened to everybody else. It never happened to me, never. And Derek and Cynthia are here, so I'm not going to say anything. But, but let's just say it didn't work out that way for me. And I, but at the same time, what I did was I made sure, because Luke 16 says to do so. He says, now, he said, you, as a steward, you go and you take what you have and you distribute it he said, because when your days are finished, they're gonna take care of you. Believe me when I tell you, in in my life, I was I actually probably like some of you. I screw up in the gangs. I just grew up in the stuff. No. I grew up where where we bought. Liquor instead of bread. And I quote, should we buy beer or should we buy bread? Answer, and I quote, let's buy beer. And we didn't eat. That was my life. I thought if I ever got a ketchup sandwich, it was great. That's when I fell in love with Miracle Whip and I gave up on mayonnaise because everything was about sugar, right? Yep. That's how you grow up. You don't grow up with anything. And so here you have it. You develop this plan because if you wanted to grow yourself physically, you'd follow a plan. If you wanted to build a skyscraper, you'd have a blueprint, your plan. So what is your plan for business? Who are you talking to about that plan? We're all talking about making money, but let me explain to you so you understand is that the thing that you need to do is you need to stop thinking that you have to have money because really for most people in this room right now, you need to spend a year or two years at giving money, not expecting anything, but start getting some seed that's out there so that that seed can, can come up, you cannot. You re- remember, you cannot harvest a seed that has never been sown. That's right. That's right. If you've never sown it, you can never reap it. As I mentioned to you just a moment ago, that it's really important for you to build this, and and I've. I have really spoken more than I've wanted to at this moment. But what I want to do now is I want to pray for you. But also, I want to give you an opportunity to be able to give. I want to teach you how to go from wherever you are. And I don't know where you are. But I know where I am, and I can tell you this, that in order for you to become what God has called you to become, it is important for you to be more, to be hugely more interested in giving than you are in receiving. Give up the idea of receiving. You're going to receive. You're going to. But you, you cannot determine that, can you? But you can determine how to give. So go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to show you something. Can you give me, low? can you give me 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse number 6 and 7 out of the Amplified, please? And I want to, I want to show you something. This is the Apostle Paul, and he said this, and I'll be done in a minute. He said, "Now remember this. He said, "He was so sparingly will also reap sparingly." He said, "Remember this. Now understand this. I told you this already. The earth is going to respond to what you do to the earth. If you open up your business and you are serving the community, the earth will serve back to you the customers that you need and that you want, but The multiplication of that business does not come from that. It comes from this. Remember this. He that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he that sows bountifully, now notice this, so that blessings may come to others. He that sows bountifully will also reap generously and he'll be blessed. Verse 7. He said here now let each one, and this verse changed my life. Bishop, you'll 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 see this. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he's decided in his heart, not grudgingly, not not because I, I have to earn a compulsion. Oh well, unless I do, who else is gonna do this? And that's That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let him who gives do it cheerfully. Why? Because it's really simple not to give cheerfully when you see how stupid people are. The reason why you had to give was because you weren't stupid. And they were. So that's why he said one of the gifts and for every person in here, one of those gifts is, as a giver, a giver must do it without complaining. Okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to give. So here, he said, not grudgingly nor under compulsion, for God loves. Okay, the, this uh, can you, you don't have the Amplified Bible, the first version. Okay, let me tell you what it says. This is the second version. Uh, Let's see. Okay, here, this will work. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves. Now notice this. This verse changed my life right here. He takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things. Now notice the next verse, next statement. He said, and he is unwilling to abandon or to do without. A cheerful and prompt and joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. More than anything else in my whole life, the only thing I ever wanted and the only thing I ever want today is that God wants me. I don't want to be abandoned again. I already did that that wasn't fun the first time. So no so when he said this that he is unwilling to abandon or to do without I said then that's me. I had a teacher in the church actually a school principal in the church. She came to me and she said, "Oh pastor, 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 I got, I I I got to tell you this I've this great testimony." I said, "Yes," and her name was Nancy. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, what, what's going on? She said, I hadn't paid my teachers. This is the third pay period that I couldn't pay them. I didn't have the money. I didn't have everything I needed. She said, I, but, and today was pay day again. I didn't have it. These people, their, their kids, they weren't eating. They, it was a Christian school. The kids weren't the kid. the parents, the, the, the parents didn't, weren't getting their money. The kids weren't getting their clothes, their shoes. Their, I, I mean, so she's out behind the building. She's she's praying, saying, God, God, these, these people, they, they you know, labor is worthy of his hire, God. You know, you're the one who said that. I mean, you know, God, let's get with this. She said, "While well, she's out behind the building and she's praying, this car comes screeching around the building." She said, "I've never seen the car before." She said, "A guy stopped this car, slammed on his brakes, stopped this car, handed me a paper bag, and sped off." I never saw the guy before in my life. So, hands me this bag, and as he speeds off, he said, "I." she said i opened this bag she said in the bag was all of the salary that was needed for the teachers for three months and the tithe was in there too and i just said oh oh, that's all great great Uh," i said god never did that for me. He said, I have a question to ask you then. I've never done that for you. said. I have a question to ask you. I said, yes, sir. Now I know I was in trouble. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just take that extra step that you know you shouldn't take, right? So so he said, I want to ask you a question. I said, yeah. He said, which one would you rather be? Would you rather be the person who received the money? Or would you rather be the guy that drove the car who handed them the paper bag? And I said, you will never, ever hear me talk to you about money ever again. Now let me just say this. This particular verse, could you put up the end of that again for me? That particular verse changed me. It was at that moment that I knew that everything that was in my life did not belong to me. It was at that moment that I knew that my only mistake was trying to hold on to something that belonged to somebody else. And that's what's true with you. So what I want to do is this: I want I want to just explain this portion to you and I, and then I'm going to let you go. Of course. Can um. Can the uh, Dennis? Are you doing the ushering right now? Can I have an, the ushers? Just I want everybody to get an envelope. Everybody. Can you guys help me? Thank you. Just with, uh, I want everyone to have an envelope first. That's what's important. Just get yourself an envelope. On that envelope, I want you to put your name. And I want you to write on that, on that envelope what it is. Anybody not have an envelope? Okay. I want you to put on the envelope the, the thing that you are believing for and the thing that you want to see in your business or in your home. The very thing that you want out of it. What do you want God to do for you? That's what I want you to write on there. I want you to write that. Now. the. Um, okay, here's what I want. Here's what I want to do now. What I want to do is I want you to look at what it is that you're asking God for right here. And I want, to, I want to ask you, what do you believe, the seed, what do you believe the seed needs to be in order to bring forth the harvest of what you have on that envelope? What do you have? I, I, I remember, and you know, at first this is kind of funny, but you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of a little bit worn out on it, but it was, it was kind of funny. See, I, I learned right away, like when we see Dr. Avanzini tomorrow, when we, when all of that happens, I was in a meeting in Manila, Philippines where it was said to me, this the guy that was on stage and I'm not going to tell you who it was, the guy was on stage, he points at me and he says, "You know what you need to do. You need to give to God because of what you have coming in your life. You need to give your God to God ten thousand dollars today." I jumped out of my seat. I ran on stage and I plopped my credit card right down. I said, you put it on there right now. Today. Now let me let me explain something to you. I how many of you remember, you remember the temptations? I mean, I think that, you know, in church it's lead us not into temptations, but the <laughs> but there was Papa was a rolling stone, remember? Wherever he laid his hat was his home. You know, and when he died, what 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 did it say? And when he died, all he what? All he left us was? What? Alone. Yeah. You know that was true about me. All my dad, when my dad died when he was when he was 61, all my dad ever left me was alone. A space L O A N. That's what my dad left me bills and I can tell you that from that verse that you just saw from that verse from that particular moment of that ten thousand dollars I've made over 20 million dollars over that that was exactly it I have never, ever made any good money from the world. Never. But when I got into business with God was when it changed my life. That verse is not a joke to me. He is unwilling to abandon me, and he will not live his life without me. Why do you think it's taken so long to get Jesus to return? Because we don't own anything. We're walking around telling the rest of the world what belongs to us and none of us have it. So what I'm, I'm prescribing is that we get serious about this and we start seeing things come to pass. And even if what we have to do is get, get by ourselves for two or three months at a crack and just kind of just start saying, look, I'm gonna listen to stuff. I'm going to hold on to stuff. You know, the other other day I had lunch with, or dinner with a friend of mine. He and I have been friends for uh, 54 years, 54 years we've been friends. And, you know, I remember I lived in a $140 a month apartment that you couldn't walk on the floors because you'd fall down to the house or to the, to the floor that was uh, you know underneath you. It would, they would bend. We had a space heater that I would have to sit on because I was frozen. I did that. That was my life. Him, he was pushing a broom. College graduate, pushing a broom. Not doing anything. Not, Linda and I would have to take, would have to take groceries to his home for he and his wife and family. We did that. But yet at the same time, today, 40, 50 million. Why? Because he and I together chose to believe what that word said, what it said. And I want to encourage you. I'm inviting you to come, to come be a part of this, to come do this, and to become everything that God has called you to become. Don't spend the best years of your life struggling. This is where you're going to end up. You are God's child. He is not going to share you with anyone. This is how He works. This is how the earth works. This is what you do when the earth begins to bring forth fruit some 30, and some 60, some 100 fold. So let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Father, to show, to show us what we are to do on this weekend. Show us the seed that it will take in order to bring forth this harvest. Father, thank you for the harvest. Thank you for the harvest. Now we will sow our way to the harvest in the name of
1: Jesus. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Come on, man. Are you excited or what? You feel that? That's how you do it. That's how you shift it, right? Praise the Lord. I'm going to let you guys go ahead and give. Go ahead. Yeah. Pass the bucket. glory to God. Um, I'm just, um, I don't know how else to tell you. If, If you ain't excited by now, you need to get excited. There's something, you know, it's funny. I don't remember. It was like five months ago, six months ago. I don't know when it was, when we started even thinking about this. You just know like you're getting, sometimes God sets you up for something and you don't know all the details about it. You just know you need to be in 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 the room. And you know, and it's funny, you know, there's always, it takes something to get in the room, you know? And then it's a mentality once you get here that you start shifting your thinking. You start shifting the way you see things. Today, I mean, there's some of those nuggets. You just, you'll just bury those in your heart And that'll become a harvest for the rest of your life. I mean, it's just, it's just powerful. This is just the beginning. Just come and make this the weekend where you really, really mind shift the way you see this stuff. And that's, you know, I said this and I'm going to be brief and we're going to go eat. You you bring, you've got to go to an expert. Like, okay, you're going to go to a general practitioner to get brain surgery. You'd be nuts. You'd be out of your mind. You don't go you don't go to the paint shop to, to go get your tires fixed. Come on, man. You're 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 these guys dedicated their life. These great men of God dedicated their life to teach the body of Christ. A topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And we need to understand it. We need to be here. And I, all I'm doing is just like a sponge. You say it, I'm doing it. You say it, I can be it. You say it, just say it and grab a hold of it and carry it into your future. Change your life forever. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.